When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. New Zealand Grand Prix took place yesterday just south of Auckland, just north of Hamilton at Hampton Downs. It's one of only two Grand Prix in the world, the other being Macau, that is not part of the Formula One circuit. It's had some legends of the sport, of motorsport, win it over the years. Sterling Moss, arguably the greatest driver to have never won a Formula One World Championship. Jack Brabham, three-time world champion. You... Go through Jackie Stewart, three-time world champion, the great Graham Hill, Chris Amon, New Zealand legend Kenny Smith, Steve Millen, last year Shane Van Gisbergen, Earl Bamber, Mitch Evans. The list is endless. A new name was etched on the trophy yesterday. It was a 17-year-old driver out of the Netherlands. To discuss the 67th edition is one of the voices of motorsport in this country, David Turner. He joins us on the programme. Evening to you, David. Welcome. Yeah, good evening, Mark. Yeah, it was, a, it was an interesting Grand Prix, that's for sure. Um, and uh, worthy of the name Grand Prix, there's, there's absolutely no doubt about that. Okay, what explain that. What What makes a Grand Prix worthy? What is it about a race that gives well, it Grand Prix status? I think in, in the case of the New Zealand Grand Prix, it's its heritage and its history and, and some of those names that you just just mentioned and the significance of those and what they ultimately went on to do in the world of what you know became Formula One racing as, as we now know it. But over the years, you know, the, the number of names that have been through here and, and the various circuits that it's raced at at New Zealand as well, um, it just it, it it's significant, and to have that as a driver on your CV, um, I think probably counts for quite a lot these days. And certainly, the way the sport is structured now, and the and the addition of super license points and things like this, then yeah, it um, <laughs> you know it all it all just adds up, and uh, it it makes it an event. It's something very special. The the fact that we can host a Grand Prix. Okay, it's not a Formula One Grand Prix or anything like that, but it is, as you said, recognised by the FIA, along with um, Macau, as the only two things to be officially called Grand Prix outside of Formula One. Now, sure, lots of places say, oh, well, this is the, um, you know, the Thai Happy Grand Prix or whatever, but it's not officially recognised, you know. So this this is, and the New Zealand Grand Prix has that much history and, and pedigree to go with it. And we've seen a new race winner. And mm. uh, we probably didn't necessarily see that one coming necessarily. Hampton Downs is a venue. <laughs> um, how does it compare to, say, Teratonga, Manfield, uh, Ruapuna, Pukekohe, other places that have hosted the New Zealand Grand Prix in previous years and throughout the 67 years? Oh, look, I, I think Hampton Downs is a phenomenal facility and um, so much work went in there in the early days from Chris Watson and, and Tony Roberts when they first started it and then obviously Tony Quinn taking it over and the, the benchmarks got higher and higher. And they ran on the full international track yesterday, not the what's regarded as the club track, so it's the long track. Um, 
that's pretty demanding. 28 laps of that is very physical. A lot of corners, a lot of fast straights. Um, so, yeah, fitting place for the Grand Prix. And, and next year it moves to, you know, another Tony Quinn track. And that's that's Highlands Motorsport Park in, in Cromwell. So, um, yeah, good to see it shared around. We've got some good facilities, so why not? What what makes driving these cars physical? Where is the, where does where does the physical exhaustion come from? What what part of driving? Well, I think if you look at yesterday, just let's just use yesterday as the example. It was very humid, very hot at Hampton Downs. Um, I've you know I've been there many times, and and you can get days like that out there. It sort of sits in a little bit of a bowl, and it, and it tends to hold the heat as well. You know, the the flip of that sometimes is it also holds the cold or the rain or whatever. But yesterday was certainly a, an example of holding the the temperature up, and uh, that that in itself made it hard. The Toyota Racing Series car, as we know it now, um, is a physical car to drive. You have to be very race fit and physically fit to drive it. There's no no luxuries like power steering or any of that sort of carry on. Um, so it's yeah, it, it saps a bit of energy out of the driver, and plus the fact that they had multiple races over the weekend, and their second race for the weekend was was literally only a couple of hours before the Grand Prix. So there's a lot of pieces of that puzzle that have got to click together to then go and do the 28 lap distance uh, for the Grand Prix race. So uh, <coughs> no, I, look, I enjoyed it. Um, it was probably single seater racing as we now know it, certainly in that category, but there was groups of cars that were racing together as well as what, you know, the, the two that sort of got out in front did. And uh, I think that that was a testament to the fact that the cars can race close together. Um, and it provided lots of battles, you know, and there was a good array of Kiwis in there as well, which was really nice to see. And they're all very fitting uh, to be there and, and drove with a lot of merit as well. How good do you have to be to win this at just 17 years of age? Tell us a little about a Lawrence Van Hopen. Well, he's kind of fine under the radar a little bit. He only arrived in the country four days ago, and here he is winning the Grand Prix. Um, and then he's going to race at Taupo for the final round of the Toyota uh, Series this weekend and you know, and then departs the country. But he's got some great connections in Europe. Uh, Nick DeFries, who's a newly signed-up driver for the Alfa Tori team, uh, is, is one of his backers already. So... Um, you know, this and this is a driver who's, you know, about to enter his first full season in Formula One. But uh, you know, there's some there's some decent names coming out of the Netherlands these days and of course we've only got to look at, you know, Max Verstappen to go, Well, there's a multiple world champion and he comes from the Netherlands. Mm. So you know, that they're, they're they're breeding good talent, but so are so many countries and I think it was just lots of again, lots of pieces of the puzzle that maybe clicked together. Mm. Uh the style of track suited him, the car, everything, but you know, he came, he hadn't been here for very long in the country, and uh, he pretty much owned that race, really. Mm. Uh, Louis Foster, the British driver, finishing second. Then it was Auckland-based youngster Callum Hedge. Tell us a little bit about Callum yep. Hedge. Has he been on the radar for a while? Is he going to be part of the scholarship system? Well, Callum went through the Elite Academy quite a few years ago, um, so I've known him for a little while. Uh, and he's grown up and matured as a driver, as they all do. Uh, and I'd say that about several in, in the field. We'll talk about them in a second, but um, you know, uh, Callum came out initially out of the Sangam Racing Series, then got into Formula Ford, then did Formula Ford in Australia, drove for Porsche New Zealand last year uh, in Australia, and will do again this year. So a tin top car, and uh, I was I was I've been very interested to see how he adapted to the single seater because, you know, he has come from a more tin top type background, and uh, 
you know, talking with him yesterday, he, he's enjoying it, and he's a championship contender. Mm. There's three races remaining in this championship, and he's firmly in the mix for taking the championship title. So, you know, he's, he's matured a lot. Uh, and that just comes, you know, with, with age and everything else. And, you know, another driver that impressed me with how he's matured as well was Liam Skeets, um, another person who went through the academy only a couple of years ago. And I spent a bit of time talking to him yesterday. And when he went through the academy, he was kind of a, quite a young kid, you know, and you could sort of see there was a, a few... Um, glazed over looks in some of the workshop sessions we did and things like that and then you talked to him uh, yesterday which was only two years after he'd been in the academy and man oh man has he matured you know he it's like talking to a a, a very grown up adult and a very uh, constructive conversation you might say so you know it just shows that the, the talent pool that is coming from the young ages like both of those drivers that I've just mentioned mm. plus a lot of the others um, there's still some depth there and that's a great thing for the sport and a great thing for the legacy of the sport as well because it's not like it's just a one-shot wonder you know there's there is significant depth here and any one of those drivers that drove uh, in that that represented New Zealand yesterday uh, are all fitting in their own rights to you know potentially go on for other things mm. you go back throughout the history of this race and you go back to 2015 Lance Stroll now he's driven in Formula One uh, Lando Norris, yep. he's driving currently in Formula One. Um, clearly, Lawrence Van Hopen, who won um, with his Dutch connections, with his connections, could end up driving in Formula One in time to come. It seems to be a stepping stone, yet we still haven't got that New Zealand driver consistently in F1. Why? Why hasn't Liam Lawson? I mean, there's dis- you know, Liam Lawson's doing some great things, but he still hasn't got that drive, has he? Mitch Evans still hasn't got that drive. No, they haven't, but you've got to recognise the fact that what they have got is pretty damn special anyway. And the thing about Formula One, uh, and maybe IndyCar's a little bit like that too, is the fact that currently in Formula One, there's 20 seats available on any given year. Of that, potentially 16 are are taken as rollover from the current driver that's there. So that leaves maybe, let's just say, four seats up for grabs every year. There's a lot of people chasing four seats, and uh, the equation doesn't always work. Sometimes it's to do with money. Sometimes it's about right place, right time. Sometimes it's about, is that the right team to go to? Um, you know, remember oh, quite a few years ago, you know, Minardi was a Formula One team and that's where Fernando Alonso started his career. But at the time, Minardi wasn't necessarily the place to go. But you look at Alonso now, Mark Webber went through Minardi, you know. There's, so there's, there's lots of pieces of the puzzle. And actually, in many cases, sometimes it's pieces of the puzzle that the driver himself or herself can't control uh, and it's political alignment and everything and you know I think we've talked about it before um, <clears throat> when Scott Dixon tested the Williams Formula One car and it looked like he would potentially drive for Williams and Formula One but at the same time in that period of time Mark Webber was driving for Williams and Formula One so you had an Australian and potentially a Kiwi driving a German engineered car and the Germans said, no, we can't have two people from the South Pacific. It's just not going to work for us. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not saying that was the sole reason, but it's an example of how those factors yeah. come into play.
Mm, yeah, no, it's fascinating. Uh, look, just, just I was just running through, you know, doing some homework on this earlier today, and just looking at the age of some of these drivers in recent times, and just with the Toyota Motor Racing Series, it clearly is set up for young development drivers now, and then that as you know, and, and doubles up as the New Zealand Grand Prix. But it actually makes mm. Shane Van Gisbergen's performance in 2021 a pretty special performance for a larger guy, for an older guy who doesn't really specialise in the single seat open wheel car. Yeah, well, I think if we look back to last year's Grand Prix, there was a few things that happened there too, you know, and all credit to Toyota and everyone involved in the series because they pushed very hard to have that Grand Prix last year because of the COVID situations that we'd all been in. So it was largely made up of, you know, domestic-based drivers, shall we say, rather than internationals like we had this year. And for Van Gisbergen, you know, he'd driven a Toyota, an earlier generation of that, years ago at the Hamilton Street Race. Um, So he wasn't naive to it. Uh, but he's a born racer. You put him in anything, you know, I've been, you know, obviously working at Western Springs over the summer and, and seen his four performances in the sprint car. And the guy, you know, the last night that, that we were there several weeks ago, he's just adapted to that like he's been driving a sprint car all his life. So he's a, he he's not the norm. He's There's something very special about SVG mm. that doesn't necessarily apply to everyone else. But it is it is a great talent pool series. Um if you look at drivers that have gone on to Formula One, there's those names you mentioned before. There's other names, and um, Danny Kvyat, uh, you know, who drove for Red Bull for quite a while, um, came through the Grand Prix. I remember sitting on a plane coming back from Manfield next to him, and he didn't speak any English, so it was a not really a, an enthralling flight. But you know, it, nice guy. So there's there's a lot of internationals that have gone through there, and a lot of New Zealanders as well. And some of those names and, and other drivers, you know, like Daniel Gaunt, Nick Cassidy. Um, they've all gone on to do other things and are still doing other things. Um, so, yeah, the Grand Prix is significant in many ways. Yeah. But at the end of the day, to win the New Zealand Grand Prix means you have won a Grand Prix. And that's that's a big deal. Yeah, I was going to ask. So the trade teams around the world, the likes of the Red Bulls, the McLarens, Ferrari, are they watching this New Zealand Grand Prix? I mean, is it like football where you've got your scouts out there looking for the next talent? Yeah, oh, definitely. You know, um, you know, one of the reasons, you know, Lawrence Stroll brought Lance Stroll down here a few years ago was for exactly that reason, to give him mileage, uh, because then he was driving for a team called Prima in, in Europe, and it was all about um, making his son, if you like, a better driver. Uh, and equally, you know, I remember seeing Lando Norris at Ruapuna going, boy, this guy's quick, it'd be interesting to see where he goes, and, you know, look where he is now. So, um yeah, there's a lot of talent spotting that goes on, uh, and certainly it appears on people's radar. So, you know, you look through the field and you look at some of the data that, you know, you can see publicly and you go, okay, this this kid's on it or this person's on it. And, you know, as I said, you know, all of the people that lined up in that race yesterday are very deserving for everything they did. Uh, very impressive performances from the Kiwis. Um, considering the amount of time they actually get to spend in cars like this, which is not that much, so, um, you know, in that sense, they're probably maybe slightly a little bit behind the back foot over the Europeans, maybe. Um, but again, you've got, you've got to give them the, the credit for it. You know, they can't just go and drive one of these cars every other weekend. Mm. It's mainly engineered around this five-round series. And, uh, 
they, they all did a great job. They really did. Okay. I just want to, um, just before we do let you go, David Turner, my guest on the program, by the way, if you've just joined us, we are talking motorsport, just reviewing the 67th running of the New Zealand Grand Prix, which was held yesterday at Hampton Downs, just south of Auckland, just north of Hamilton. Uh, look, the other news over the weekend regarding Formula One, we did see Liam Lawson. He did a lap of Mount Panorama at the Bathurst 12-hour driving a Red Bull. Yep. Um, what's the relationship yep. there for Liam Lawson and Red Bull? Uh, well, he's one of their reserve drivers for this year. So he has been placed into the Japan Super Formula Series, uh, which I think he could do quite well in. He's going to earn his keep there, but the, that'll be good for him rather than being in Europe. But he also, uh, when there's no date clashes, is down to be a Red Bull, as in Red Bull, not AlphaTauri, uh, reserve driver for Formula One for this year. So he's he's still very much in the family, but that's the way... Red Bull groom their drivers, shall we say. Um, so he, he's in the equation. And, you know, he did those demo laps at Bathurst and then he was at Hampton Downs yesterday for the Grand Prix. So he flew straight back home from uh, Australia to um, be at the Grand Prix yesterday. So it sort of showed you he wanted to be there to see the Grand Prix as well. So, uh, you know, Liam's got a great future in front of him. But again, you know, it's, it's the politics of things and where those things play out. And those are the things that a driver just can't control. David Turner, as always, thank you for your time tonight on the programme. Greatly appreciated. No, you're most welcome, Mark, and I'm sure we'll chat again soon. There's going to be plenty happening in the next few weeks, that's for sure. Oh, absolutely, David. Absolutely. Motorsport man.